hello, welcome to Diet Through Divine. Bex is having a meltdown because <laughs> she's very hot in there in this corner of the world today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sat here in a jumper, and you're. I know. Literally... Why are you in a you're jumper? In Wales. Right, it's actually sunny here today. Why are you in a jumper? Is it cold where you are? are you it's very autumnal, and yeah. I'm filming a webinar today, and it's the only nice thing that's not. Oh, is it the only clean thing you've got. <laughs> so I'm actually roasting underneath this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, there we go. Awesome vibes are here. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I usually have something fun to tell you, but I don't think I've got anything. Well, how was your holiday? Oh, Italy was lush. I literally want to move there and just live in Italy forever. Um, and I don't know how I've never discovered it before, but I found a limoncello spritz. <gasps> yeah, they're like insane. I don't know who told me about this. Someone told me, oh, it was Daniel. I think Daniel's got a client who was making them for a party. And it was like, I think Lucy Lord has a recipe, which is like limoncello spray. Yeah, I've seen it in a book. Never mind. Yeah. And, and then Dan's client was like, oh, but if you add San Pellegrino instead or something like that, I think it was San Pellegrino, it tastes like even better. And I was like, okay, okay yeah. I'm going to do that for Christmas then. Um, so yeah, I found that. So I was on Aperol's and then we were somewhere like a little, uh, you know, like a, like a quaint little side street that's just authentically Italy. And um, I had, oh my God, I had a Parmigiano salad, which was amazing. And why? Just like, why does it always just taste so much nicer when you're abroad? Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lady and she was, she was having a lunch with her friend and she had this big glass of it. And I was like, what is she drinking? And they said, oh, it's a limoncello. Do you want one? I was like, okay, let's try it. And I was like, okay, now that's my new favorite drink. <laughs> but it was really nice. And it was really sweet because one of the, my girls actually Instagrammed me on, I put a story up or something. She goes, oh, you just look so content and happy. And it's really nice to see that, you know, like you really don't like worry about food. And I was like, no, I am not that person anymore. You know, like I will eat and enjoy. And I still follow all the same guidelines that I use at home. I do them abroad. I drink less when I'm at home, obviously, but... <laughs> It was just like, yeah, and it was it was a nice um it's just nice to be in that part in your life, isn't it, where you can actually go away, not overthink anything, and actually switch off. And I switched off from work mode as well, which was is kind of a new thing for me. So it was it was good all round. Um it was very hot and I did this mental walk. We walked from like one town to another, like how they would have done it in the old, old, old days for transport um oh my goodness it was hiking up like things like like no one can see my hands but it was very very steep and like you were climbing up like these massive steps and boulders um and it was freaking boiling hot and honestly it was the hardest thing I've done in ages like I was gassed I was like oh this is hard like it was and then yeah it was like a it was just over it was nearly a two-hour walk um and yeah it was really hard um but amazing views obviously as you can imagine when you get to the top of like this massive and you're overlooking the sea and all of that so it was worth it but it was really hard <laughs> and I was like oh man I thought I was fit but obviously I'm not <laughs> <laughs> there's room for improvement <laughs> yeah Italy yeah Italy's a vibe and Italy's it comes up in conversation a lot with my relationship with food clients as well or even like my fat loss clients who have come through a relationship with food journey like it's like the ultimate place to put that to the test or like experience it. So I've had a lot of clients go to Italy this summer and actually like perhaps they've even said, 
they've been to Italy before when they were younger and they just denied themselves of pizza or felt guilty the whole time. But you think about Italy in terms of like gelato, pizza, pasta. All the things that women avoid. All of them, yeah. And so... I had some amazing like gelato out there. Like, ah, oh, it was one I had, oh my goodness, apple and ginger. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's the it's the rogue flavors that what did I have when I was away? Oh, I can't remember. We went to that that um place which was called like the best gelato in Italy or something. It's oh. like a award winning the best gelato in the world. It was cool. Um, because I need to go to that one and like ice cream is my favorite thing ever. I could yeah. eat it for breakfast. Um, but you, it's true actually. Like you said, actually, I didn't think of it. Yeah, it is. It's all the they serve all the food there that women generally try and avoid their whole life. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and tiramisu like I genuinely remember a time where I probably wouldn't have been able to go to Italy I wouldn't have known what to eat I would have been like I can't go there what am I going to eat (laughs) pasta and pizza like no you can't do this to me (laughs) yeah yeah it was yeah yeah. what a um what a realization yeah it's a nice it's and like well this is what we like helping women get to that point in their life isn't it so they can experience it as well. And like we spoke about before, talking about food freedom, spoken about that before, isn't it? and having, um, just being able to feel free around food and not have these thoughts crop into your mind. Like not once did it enter my head thinking I shouldn't be eating that. Um, mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to regret that in the more, uh, when I come home, I'm going to regret that and feel like, oh, I'm now going to make up for stuff. Um, and it's, a, yeah, it, it's, it's really powerful when you don't have to worry about stuff like that. Like, you're just like, well, no, it's fine. Like, yeah. I, just, I listened to my body out there. Like, I, th- I put a story up that, like, you know, my breakfast was the same every single morning because we had, um, is it bed and breakfast? Um, and, you know, there's fresh fruit, salads, and because they have salads at breakfast, they have like cold meats and hands and salads, don't they? Mm-hmm. So, like, I just, again, I nourish my body first and then I give myself the other stuff as well. And it's, it's amazing when you can come at it from that angle, just how you then, again don't see anything as like good or bad it's just food and there's no again the rule thing I think for me was a big one like I'm just doing what I do at home because I know how this food nourishes me and how it makes me feel the energy that I have whilst I'm eating it all of this stuff and yeah so yeah it was awesome mm-hmm. which actually leads on to a bit of our topic of conversation for today isn't it it does indeed how how fitting we didn't even intend for that to happen oh, oh we're just so good at this aren't we our conversations just flow into where they're meant to go so natural so yeah we are actually talking about um food and how you see that in your mind and um, talking about foods as good and bad and it's come up in a few of our check-ins over the last week or so and you know one of my girls really struggles with the concept that she can actually make fat loss progress while still eating pizza chocolate beer all of those things that like she said in a check me absolutely it's still um she can't fathom it she's like how am I making progress when I'm still eating this stuff because in her mind she says it's it's quote here I'm using quotation marks here it's bad food and if it's bad food I'm going to look like I'm going to look like a sack of whatever you want to put in there you know and that's mm-hmm. that correlation between how you think you're going to look if you eat certain foods yeah because and I said this to you before we came on like because of the ads that have targeted that because of the messaging that's been shoved down our throats that it's all that internalized weight stigma right of 
fat people eat these types of food. And I say fat people in quotation marks, like people in larger bodies, they're eating stuff like this. And then that carries connotations of they're lazy. They don't care about their health. They, this, they, that. And then we tie those types of foods towards being in a larger body and being overweight because of that's the messaging that we've been given. And that's how diet clubs have always kind of sold. Like if you come across a, you know, I used to come across weight, weight loss ads all the time. And it was usually a, a, a photo of someone in a larger body. And this is how stigmatizing that, you know, social media or, or the media is about this stuff or diet culture is. And, you know, they're usually looking really guilty or upset with themselves and they've got some calorie dense sort of quote unquote bad food in their hands. And it's almost like, that is the reason you are in the body that yeah, you are in. Yeah, exactly that. And also how awful for people who are in larger bodies to have that kind of like. It is sad. Um, so yeah, I guess we want to riff on that a little bit and just, and it is, it's a funny, it is difficult to get your head around the fact that, you know, a calorie is a calorie at the end of the day. And yes, we all know that some have got far more benefits than others when it comes from a nutritional standpoint but again like my client she's um 12 weeks she's been dieting and you know she's lost this is insane she's lost nearly eight centimeters from her waist um and you know two uh, five kilos five kilos so she's nearly 10 pounds down and not one week has she had a week where it's just been the epitome of healthy foods that she's eaten there um you know there's been most weeks, nine times out of 10, there has been pizzas, there has been, you know, full on nights out, there's been, you know, the, the kebab at the end of the night, there's been all these, these things that, that tend to happen after, you know, we, we have these moments. Um, and she's just, yeah, and she, but because as well, she is making an effort to eat better around all of those things. She's still seeing progress because overall she's in a, she's in a deficit. Um, and I think it's like I was explaining it to her today in her check-in that, you know, a calorie is a calorie, that, but they're not all created equal. And try and see it from that point of view that, you know, you you get to include these foods. And at the moment, a lot of her diet might be the majority of her food is coming from, let's just, the not so healthy foods. Um, but she's still losing weight. So when we're pushing towards now, okay, well, let's bring some of those nutritional choices and, and let's make some different ones. Um, and that are a bit more aligned with being more health focused but she's you know she is making progress um, and again like not relying on things having to be perfect 100% of the time because like I said over those 12 weeks you haven't had one perfect week because she's been she's every week she's coming because oh, I've done this I've done that I've done this I've done that you know and she's always second guessing herself and I'm like trust the process just trust it <laughs> um, and it, yeah but it is it's hard to get your head around that um as well I do get that because it does because we've always been told to believe and thought that you know basically if you eat pizzas burgers and whatever for the rest of your life you're never going to be in a smaller body or have a body that you want to be in yeah but it's you know what I don't even think it's still we can still blame you know obviously we can blame Atkins and Kevin all like ex old diet culture stuff right but I think we're still seeing it again and again and again now we still have the likes of 
Tim Spector going on one of the biggest podcasts in the world and saying that calories don't matter. And the reason that you're putting on body fat is because of what did it, what was even his argument? I can't even bloody remember. It, now. Wasn't but like, blood sugar levels again. it was about blood, it was blood sugar. Yeah, exactly. And that insulin spikes are causing you to store body fat. And then we've got glucose goddess again, one of the biggest names in the space, you know, literally pushed on humongous platforms again, almost saying that calories like calorie deficit no that's a load of bullshit it's blood sugar and it's when your insulin spikes that's when your body is going to hold on to fat again like that it goes against the, the most basic laws of thermodynamics so if we can just go back and tap into the science yeah. we know that the laws governing fat loss the laws governing your body weight comes down to energy balance it comes down to basically body fat is excess energy that has been stored by the body because we didn't need it and that energy comes in the form of calories right and so if you consume more calories than you expend over a period of time your body will store that predominantly as body fat unless of course you're also trying to build muscle at the same time but we're not going to go down that route right now but you know you will put on weight likewise when we are trying to lose body fat we are creating an environment in which your body uses that excess stored energy as a source of energy and so we come down into a calorie deficit in other words we consume you know fewer calories than we're expending so that your body makes up that energy by using body fat stores that is the only principle behind fat loss and the only reason why intermittent fasting the only reason why monitoring your blood sugar levels because then what happens is you change the way that you're eating and you eat more wholesome foods you pay more attention to that the only reason why cambridge diet works the only reason why keto works is because you are creating a calorie deficit yep every single time that's what it has to come back down to and so when you are navigating this wild wild world of weight loss in the online space or just in life in general, that is your that is the key that's kind of guiding your radar detector almost. Like use that and be like, well, hang on a second. Is this person basically suggesting that there's something else that's driving fat loss beyond exactly. calories? Mm, there, there's a red flag. There's a, they're driving something that they're about to sell um, mm-hmm. if they're saying anything else. And speaking of actually, um, those people that say about spiking your blood sugar levels and all of that, did you see Syat Fitness? his experiment he's been doing Jordan yeah 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 oh did you see did you see what he's been doing he's purposely I've I've heard that he's doing I've heard from other people it's so good um he's been purposely spiking sugar levels every single morning like with anything and he's down so many kilos or and he's been he's done it for like um I think it's a month maybe longer um just to prove this point that it's because you know that's got nothing to do with you losing body fat whatsoever or you storing it and not being able to lose it Well, it's interesting that we even need someone that big to do that when we have the evidence to suggest that we've done we've done all the research on so essentially what they're pushing is the carbohydrate insulin hypothesis right in basically saying that insulin when spiked causes you to store body fat because it's like a a fat whatever they say a fat storage promoting hormone or whatever if that was true then the multiple studies that have been done testing that theory and that hypothesis would have resulted in greater weight gain Mm. than a regular calorie deficit. 
and we have the studies to say that that is not true yeah. um like a, a vast body of evidence not just single studies like these people tend to call upon like single erroneous studies we're talking like big bodies of evidence like big quality pieces of research that summarize like everything that's going on in on a particular subject right yeah. so it's like it's interesting that we need Jordan Syatt to do this to believe it but this is where it, this is where we are right now isn't it, it is, and it's, it pains me because they seem to just be able to say whatever they want there's another guy who was on TikTok and he was having um I think it, Dr Itz and him were having a a, a thing a spar off a little bit um mm. he called Eddie I don't know who anyway but he was saying basically that calorie deficit is like a load of crap and I'm like I just don't get it like uh, well anyway who knows why they say this stuff but it's what I care about the women still feeling shit for having like maybe eating a pizza or having more multiple pizzas in a week or you know like going out and there was a McDonald's one night a burger two nights before that and you know they still got a meal out with drinks on a Saturday and they still feel that they're gonna that's bad that's really really bad for them to do that because they're meant to be dieting and they're you know they want to see progress and they feel then so rubbish about themselves because their minds tell them that well they can't possibly be in a deficit now because the foods they're eating are the wrong foods yeah do you know what I think as well like it's people it tends to be when we're not losing weight when we're struggling to see fat loss progress when we're caught in like a loop of constantly losing and regaining that these messages become really appealing because we're like well there must I, I'm doing something wrong there must be something yeah. to it that's not calories I'm I'm, I'm definitely in a calorie deficit because yeah. I, yeah like it's like so there must be something else going on I see it a lot with the menopause space as well right and so it's almost like oh, what am I trying to say here like then you think, oh, the act of eating, the it's because you've eaten the burger, it's because you've gone some off track foods, perhaps, that that's why you're not losing weight right now. And it's because of, I've got something in my throat. It's because of carbs, it's because of sugar, it's because of whatever. But it's not. It's because when you are saying that to yourself or when you are labeling these foods, you are then going into that all or nothing pattern. And that is what is causing you to stall in terms of fat loss progress or regain the weight back again. Hmm. Definitely. And so like you said, it's that it's that mind switch, isn't it? It's that it's the the headspace then that, that puts you in that then makes you keep choosing the foods that you know aren't the best for you right now, and they're not the the things that are going to like push you forward to your ultimate end goal. But because you're so fixated on the fact that you've ruined it because you've eaten the foods that you see are all bad foods then you carry on in that spiral because you're already beating yourself up before you've even given it a chance to see if actually, well, have I gained weight? Um, and then that goes on for like, we know it goes on for like three, four, five days sometimes because then you feel even worse and you don't know, you might not have anybody to reach out for help to or you don't know who to ask for help. Um, I've got one lady yeah. who, when she, like again, because it, it's, it's mad the amount of, well, it's not mad actually, the amount of work that we do with people's relationships with food and again but how they the mindset shifts that they need to do and the behavior change and the thought patterns that go with all the things that they see as good and bad on it off it starting stopping like it's it's fundamentally it's 80 percent, if not 90 percent of the work that I do every single week mm -hmm. will, be, will be around that 
Yep. Um, and I've got one lady now because she's she's like bless her. She's she has these moments and she sinks quite low in it and she doesn't know how to get herself out of it. So she keeps spiraling and she keeps making the wrong choices and she keeps like beating herself up then because she's done that. Um, so I've asked her now. I've said, okay, so we all. I said to her, you just need to like kind of work, find a way to kind of like reflect on it afterwards or have something to stop you in that moment to keep spiraling on and if you can't maybe say look because again it's, it's in, I know these women feel embarrassed about saying oh I've messed I've, I'm, I'm saying this quotation marks I've messed up again I hit the effort button I'm now 20 bars deep in whatever so what I'm getting her to do now we're implementing this is like a little bit of a break in the chain where she just texts me an emoji and I, it's, I said it has to be like a nice emoji not a mean nasty one <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just um, a little bit of a, re- uh, um, I think a bit of a, okay, this is happening. So, if, but I want to stop it. So I'm just going to send this emoji. Nothing has to be said, but it just gives a bit of a pause in a, and, a, and a break in the chain and be like, okay, what do I want to do now? Um, mm. Yeah. So that just kind of like stops and puts that pause in place to be like, do you really want to continue doing what you're doing? And instead of that potentially make, saying like, three or four days of her not reaching out it's starting to be a case of okay well I'm just gonna send that nothing has to be said but it's her way of going I'm putting an end to this and I'm gonna you know re rejig things for my next meal and make different choices yeah it's interesting you say that actually I've, I've literally just started working with a new client who is very much in this mental this is what she came to me for she knows that she's in that all or nothing mentality she's come out of just years and years of intermittent fasting and rules and just not being able to trust herself whatsoever and on she messaged me on Sunday saying I'm overwhelmed you know like I yesterday I had cheesecake I had too much wine and I just haven't been able to let go of the guilt of how bad it was like how bad that was or like how bad she was telling it like herself it was right and she's just not been able to let it go and how then that triggered these thoughts of I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this there seems like there feels like there's so much to change here yeah and that I'm not going to be able to do it and I was like can I just stop you right there because you have just broke you've just changed in that moment by messaging me that you have just changed because what would normally happen you would eat the cheesecake you would eat the wine you would feel unbelievably guilty for doing that you would feel bad you would then go into Sunday thinking sod this and you would carry on with it and you might actually be in that pit or that spiral for a hell of a lot longer than just messaging me on Sunday morning, which you did. And I was like, can we just say that is you changing? That's you disrupting the pattern. That That's is. A huge win, isn't it? That's like a massive win that they, they, they overlook it. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm just saying, I, you say, you, you have to like go, hold on a second. Let's backtrack a minute. Cause you've just, you've missed this whole like amazing thing that you've done here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And we know that one of our biggest jobs as well is obviously pulling out, we're incredible at doing that, pulling out wins and reframing situations and getting you to realize that you're doing it. You're, you're, you're doing incredible things right in this moment. Like the fact that you have even stopped to message me that this is what is going on is more than you, you know, we're doing that is probably one of the most incredible steps that you could possibly do to start instigating. Well, now what, you know how are we going to support this how are we going to change this how are we going to you know learn from this and grow from this so that actually this happens way less frequently um and actually what you've done there is press pause on what would usually be a bit like a binge episode right um 
And then, yeah, and it's, I think it's just finding those little things that work for different people. Um, but I think like the biggest thing, another big thing that I get some of my girls to do is I always ask them, I say, well, are you making an informed decision or are you just, you know, not thinking about it? Like, where are your choice decisions coming from? Like, what are you in that moment? Like, because I think even in that moment, like we get moments where, okay, we're, we're doing stuff because we might be fraught and it's like, right, I'm just going to eat this and I don't even care about what I'm going to do. But there will come a point that maybe even after two biscuits, you are then in a space where you're, you're, you can make a different choice because you've, you've left that heightened moment of like stress, anxiety, whatever it is that you're feeling. And you can all of a sudden, you're, you come back down to earth and you're like, well, now I'm choosing to just carry on eating this. So I always ask them to be like, okay, well, when you get to that point, when you hit it, because you will, then I want you to go, okay, well, what kind of a choice is this that I'm making? Is this a conscious one? Am I, you know, thinking about how, how do I want to feel in an hour's time? And what's that going to lead to? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said about what was bad about it? What, like, what made you feel so guilty? And actually, I think you can end up teasing out, well, actually, I think it was more the mindlessness or the lack of intention behind it. It wasn't actually you ate cheesecake and that was bad, or you went too far on the wine. It was more the act that it felt like there was no conscious decision made to do that. And that's why that reframe of, you know, it's not good or bad. You're not being good because you did X, Y, and Z. You're not being bad because you've done X, Y, and Z. You're not on track. You're not off track. You're not, you know, there's no shoulds, shouldn'ts. There's no, I have to do this. There is only, I'm choosing to do this. I can make choices that either move me in the direction of my goals or that move me away from them. And it's not, and, and then I think, I think half of the time it comes the guilt tends to come from, yes, of course, like when we when we have always thought that carbs are bad, it makes us feel a certain way when we consume them, right? It's like assigning moral value to yourself and you feel guilty if you feel bad, that instigates kind of guilt there because you're like, I shouldn't have done this. But again, going back to it's because you feel, it's because there's rules around it and you feel like you've broken the rules. And so now you feel bad and now you feel guilty if there's no rules there in the first place then how can we create guilt and instead you go into it thinking I'm just making choices today that either move me in the direction of my goals or move me away from them that either support what's important to me long term support my health support my values or they they don't so much align with those things but it's a choice and you can choose either one and so when there's that kind of intentionality to it, then you can't necessarily, you won't feel so bad for it because it's like, no, I, I'm choosing to actually have the cheesecake tonight, knowing that actually I've been in deficit for the rest of this week and one cheesecake or like be like that might nudge me up to maintenance today or into a slight surplus still means on average I'm in a deficit. And so yeah, great. Yeah. Again, it's like because- taking, um, sorry, it's being led by... Um- don't be led by your moods like because I think that's the thing we get led by our moods and what we're feeling and the emotions attached to it be led by your your goals like your whatever Mm. it is that you're chasing be led by those things not don't let your moods be the thing that points you in the direction that you want to go in oh I like that that's very applicable for me this week because again it's like you can apply that to anything right so it's like 
And, and I think this is where, it, again, it becomes so important to understand why you are doing something. Why yeah. is weight loss important to you? Why is fat loss? Why, why the fat loss goal? You know, why is it important for you to lose weight? What, what values of yours does that align with? Do you even know what your values are? Why is that important to you? Like, is it that, you know, family is really important to you? And so losing weight is going to help you do more with them because you're going to be more energized. You're going to be more mobile. Your joints will ache less. And it's important for you to lose body fat for that. That is like a something that you can keep guiding you and tapping into. But it's like you just said, choose to tap into and be guided by your goals and what's important to you as opposed to your emotions. But how can you do that if you don't know what is important to you? So yeah. that's like the first step is getting really clear on those things. And then it's like, you know, it's like that could apply to anything. So for me this week, it's like I'm waking up and I'm noticing a lot of anxiety. And you know this because I've been you know messaging you about it. But it's like, I could make choices based off of that in terms of you know, what I do with my day, what I, where I choose to focus my energy, whether I choose to put myself out there, if we're talking business or career, if I choose to go to the gym today, if we're talking, you know, fitness and body composition goals, in terms of what I choose to eat, if it's in terms of my health. And it's like, if I am making decisions based on my anxiety or my stress, I don't really want to do that. I would rather be being guided by my long-term goals, by what's important to me. And that feels something really nice to actually shift my attention to that can kind of pull you out of those moments where it's like, oh, and even labeling that, oh, I'm being guided, like I'm being guided here by my emotions or like I'm letting my emotions dictate to me what I'm doing today and I'm not okay with that. So I'm going to actually go. tap into yeah. the evidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, again, like think of the, like, are you making like an empowered choice or a disempowered choice? Like all of these, like these things, like if you're being driven by your mission in life, your goal, whatever it is that you're setting out to do, all the choices you make are going to come from a place of empowerment. If you're doing it from a place of you're allowing your moods to dictate your choices and what you're doing, it's going to hold you back and you're going to feel pretty crap because you're not chasing what you want to be chasing. You're not you know complete com yeah you and, and and I think you have to decide what is your hard like where is your because it's going to be hard you either stay the same you stay unhappy or you change and that's difficult and that's really hard but what's going to lead to the greater good in 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 like three six twelve months time um and this still loops back around to food and your relationship with it and how you see food is good and bad and you know and knowing that like you said like you, you can have you can eat whatever you could get you can get fat off a salad if you're overeating on them do you know what I mean like it's not and again it's it's, but it's, it's that it's thing where it's like people come to yeah no no like it, it's like when people come to me and say I've, I've been eating healthy for so long but I'm not losing any weight and it's like well tell like what does healthy look like to you and then maybe actually when we do dig into either you know the food journaling or the tracking you know they realize well actually healthy doesn't necessarily mean no again healthy is another label healthy yeah, is another exactly. label healthy unhealthy or oh, I've been really healthy today because yeah. there's still we still assign morality to healthy and unhealthy right and I think that's a, a really common thing it's not just good or bad like healthy and unhealthy is still a food label mm -hmm. and so we can remove that as well but it's like you can eat healthy you know even if you ate salmon avocado eggs and toast all of the time you could quite easily nudge yourself into a 
surplus exactly. just from that. Even like when you go and order like smoothie bowls and kale bowls, right? I know, because I used to think it, that they would be like, there can't be any calories in that. So it's just basically blitzed up juice, isn't it? And then you go and look at them because they start, and you're like, oh my God, that's like 600 calories in that bowl. Mm-hmm. Like two of them, you you could potentially be in your calorie main, your calorie surplus for the day. So again, it's just because it looks a picture of health and it, you know, it's being promoted as this, this healthy option. Look into it and go, well, do you know what? I might just go and have um, an egg on toast because actually that still is healthy. It's got uh, it's mm-hmm. what I want and I've got more calories to play with for the rest of the day. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for understanding and, and bringing awareness and education to the calorie contents of foods, right? And this isn't to say, oh, everything is about calories because we know that it's not. And this discussion is way more nuanced, but like, we know it's more than just calories. We know it's more than just, oh, if it fits your macros, then fine. Because we have to consider health. We have to consider satiety and and food volume and things that are going to keep you satiated and also things that are going to keep you satisfied, right? Um, so there's more to it than just calories. But at the end of the day, the calories is what's determining your fat loss progress. It's what determines energy balance, right? Because like calories are the unit in which we measure energy. And at the end of the day, that's what fat loss comes down to on the numbers front and on the science front so sometimes it can actually just be really helpful to to track for a while even if you've got no targets and just to understand what is in the food that you are like consuming and actually just especially if you're someone that hasn't you know done that before then it can be ever so helpful um but again not putting all of the emphasis on it's just calories and falling into that trap of oh god the one thing that we hate in the fitness industry which is like you're not losing weight, well, just eat less and move more. Uh, Oh, wow, that's so helpful. (laughs) Really helpful. Like, you know, that's going to help a lot of people just saying crap like that. And it's, again, it's one of those things that there's so many things you can unpick in the whole space. But I think, yeah, if you do tend to like have these thoughts around foods and you are still very much, I guess, putting labels on yourself that if you're eating, the majority of your life is, you know, some weeks can be highly palatable foods that don't have much nutritional value to them, then just be like, take a step back and be right. Okay. That might've been last week, but where can I maybe add in a bit more of the, the vegetables and the water and all of those things to balance it out a little bit. And don't let those, those ideas that you have in your mind that make you think you've ruined anything. Um, and, and again, reminding yourself that fat loss is not linear. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not going to just because those numbers go up, they'll come back down if you are consistently losing body fat over time. Um, because I think that's the other thing that gets in their heads. You, you you see these numbers jump up and then it's like, oh, well, that's it now. I've completely um, screwed this up. But it's not. It's just water weight that's gone on. Again, like I was talking about my client earlier, over the last 12 weeks, you know, there's been so many different types of foods going in. But she's lost weight. She's lost mm. body fat. Um, yeah. And this is one thing to actually like tap into is I think we tend to look for evidence that we're right about something. And so let's say you, you do eat or you have a particularly quote unquote bad day or you eat some quote unquote bad foods or whatever. And then maybe the scale does increase the next day and you internalize that to mean, well, I told you so bad foods make you put on weight, but actually you've just eaten possibly quite a lot of food volume you've eaten a lot of carbs which are making you store more water and so that has led to a weight fluctuation overnight 
or you know you've had like a takeaway and so that had a lot of salt in it and so again your your body is holding on to more water all very normal things but you've made that mean like increase on the scale must be body fat but we know that increase on the scale could just be a like a hell of a lot of water and I think it's remembering that as well and just checking yourself on that because a lot of times my clients I will send them away and not that we're making it all about the scale but they will say to me things like do you know what like I went out and I just ate I ordered what I wanted to at the restaurant that night I ended up having pasta and pasta was perhaps a a forbidden food for them or a fear food for them before and then the scale dropped the night after the, the morning after and they were like oh and actually we start looking at these little moments and it's not to say that that's always going to happen right because it's not but it's just proof that perhaps when you've told yourself your whole life oh look this, I told you so the scale's gone up that means it must be body fat bad foods equals fat, fat gain then go and look for the opposite like have your forbidden or you know fear foods or like I can tell you my clients have had those situations before and then the scale has gone down the next day and they're like oh and you're like yeah and it's like building that evidence that this is fine that you can include these foods and actually the reason you're struggling to lose weight or the reason you struggle with weight regain or you know not seeing the progress that you're after is usually because you are labeling these foods, you are assigning morality to these foods, you feel bad for eating them, you end up overeating, you end up going into sort of binge restrict cycles, and just nudging yourself, keeping yourself in that sort of state of actually being at maintenance or being in a calorie surplus. And that's what we need to solve here. Yeah, and you know, that's what we do our very best to um, try and help you with at the end of the day. But it is definitely one of those things where it's a work in progress. Um, so don't like just keep getting curious, I guess. And remember those things that we talked about earlier. Like, are you making choices based on your moods or your goals and where you want to be and seeing where that takes you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start challenging your language around foods. You know, yeah. you've not been you've not been good. You've not been bad. There's no healthy or unhealthy stop start looking at the language that you're using around foods and how does that make you feel when you eat a bad food and then let's just neutralize the language food is food some might be more nutrient dense than others um you know some might be more aligned with your goals than others a choice in the moment right might be a choice that you make when you're out or depending on your week one thing might move you towards your goals and one thing might might move you away. Start looking at food choices as I am choosing to, not I should, I have to, I really shouldn't, good, bad, and all of that. Let's just start neutralizing the language as well because I promise you it will neutralize the effect that these situations where perhaps you do overeat or you eat something that you used to deem as good or bad, it will neutralize the impact that that has because ultimately it's your response to those situations. That's what's impacting your weight. It's not the food itself or that moment itself. It's the response that comes after the binge response, the overeating, the screw it, the, I can never get this right. And then you go on and off and on and off and on and off. And there's no consistency there. Yeah. 
Yeah, very true. So I guess that will wrap it up there. Indeed. Indeed. Um, cool. Well, there you go, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> see you next week <laughs> see you next week everybody thank you so much <laughs> we appreciate you and goodbye <laughs>